Welcome to BDO To Go, casual industry conversation brought to you by the restaurant industry professionals at BDO. The constantly evolving landscape of the industry forces operators and owners to adapt quickly and maintain a keen awareness of consumer and economic shifts. Understanding these business impacts and insights is key to the continued success and resilience of the restaurant industry. That's why we crafted our new BDO To Go podcast series, a monthly podcast that you can take to go. Now, here's your host, Jeff Tuba. Well, welcome back to another episode of the BDO To Go Restaurant Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in for this episode, and we hope you've been enjoying all of our content that we've been providing as we seek to educate and connect great people in this great industry. Well, today I'm excited to be joined by Greg Thomas and Meg Potts. Uh, To date on this podcast, we've been blessed with tremendous guests from across the industry, but this is the first time we've had BDO colleagues on the podcast. Uh, Greg and Meg were part of a firm named CFO Advisors who joined BDO in July of 2020. They provide C-suite services, such as chief financial officer and chief data officer expertise, as well as providing data analytics services, all on an outsourced basis and to multi-unit restaurants and retail groups. They design, build, manage, host client data warehouses and consult on restaurant-specific technologies from anything from accounting to above-store systems to AP automation. They pretty much have experience with every piece of tech or system in the restaurant ecosystem. So we're excited to have them joining me today to talk about their best practices and experiences. So Greg and Meg, thank you for being here. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having us. Uh, So honored to be the first BDO guests. (laughs) Yeah. So most people only see restaurant operations, you know, in the front of the house when they, you know, when they visit the restaurant locations to eat. But what they don't see and don't understand are all of the challenges behind the scenes to make sure all the decision makers have real-time data to make decisions that really just keep those restaurants open and operating. So I'm, again, I'm looking forward to just having you share insights and things that are happening that the customers really only see the results of. So I, I can imagine that you two have witnessed just quite a bit of change over the years, but it feels like recently everything is just super accelerated. So just curious, what are you seeing right now? Well, Jeff, how much time do we have for this podcast? (laughs) No, um, seriously, right now, the soft side of the industry is moving faster than it ever has. There's more information, there's more data, there's more systems, all of which need more interpretation and more analysis. It's, It's really an environment of more, more, more. And it's driving the need and the desire to make very fast decisions. As you can imagine, restaurants are under a great deal of pressure right now, and it's coming from all sides. On one area, you have the continued shift of guests from COVID, which just goes up and down with every surge. And then you have the extremely tight labor market, which makes it very difficult to simply be open at every day part that you should be open. And then, of course, the red hot topic right now of inflation which is driving ridiculous commodity price increases. So those three items alone make up 60% of our group's financial statements. So the need to make very fast decisions or pivot or even try something completely new has never been more important than it is right now. Greg, what do you think? Oh, I'd absolutely agree. Uh, The pressure to deliver is really exposing the need for a group senior team to collectively and quickly understand data trends. This skill set, unfortunately, 
just doesn't necessarily exist in depth in many restaurant groups. And consequently, they find themselves really relying on their existing technologies, such as their point of sale or their above store system and the embedded dashboards and reports that are generated by those systems to provide them the right data in the right way at the right time. That's a very tall order. Everyone has to up their game, their knowledge, if you like, not only of their individual specialties, such as marketing or purchasing, but their awareness of new systems and the data relationships that exist and the ability to decipher what's working and what isn't. And then to communicate those thoughts, those best practices, if you will, in a concise, meaningful manner to the team. Jeff, the biggest line of questioning that we receive from prospects and clients today has to do with helping them to identify and apply best practice. Well, with everything moving so quickly, let's go to the accounting team part of it. How are accounting teams, Greg, how are they keeping up with all the demands and all of these changes? Well, hopefully by implementing best practices. If you think back years ago, not just pre-COVID, but years ago, the size of accounting teams was roughly determined by the number of stores that a group had. We would typically see maybe one accountant for every five to six stores. For many years now, we've worked with our clients to move them away from this thinking. And most have realized that there is a better way to staff the accounting function. Having a legion of accountants in-house doing manual entry not only consumes a lot of office square footage, but the group never stops being reactive and closing the books on time and providing real-time reporting. They know that the advances in technology can help them refocus their accounting teams on current and future performance rather than being entrenched in the historical data. But if you're an older group or a more established group, it can be very hard and very painful and costly to not only upgrade or streamline your systems, but to convince existing staff that change can be good and that better days will come as a result. You know, that's a great point, Greg. And and Jeff, those systems can really impact the accounting team. If we think about the impact that just the POS system has, all the impact that just that one system can have on an accounting's processes and procedures, historically, it's been the heartbeat of the restaurant. You know, everything flowing through that one system. And Jeff, you've heard us say a lot that a best practice is to always have one source of truth. But business has changed so much now, and restaurants have a significant amount of sales that are coming in from other systems, like third-party. And with those third-party systems, you have multiple systems, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub. And for the most part, those sales, they're happening separate. They're on a different system. They're not integrated to the POS, so they're completely separate. And now the accounting team has to figure out a way to get those sales into their POS or into their accounting system. And while there are a few systems out there that will bridge that gap and sit between the POS and the third party, most groups are simply doing it manually, which means a team member has to sit and enter by hand every check, every sale from every third party site into the POS just to be able to get their total sales for the day. And that just adds another manual task to the restaurant staff, which is already going a mile a minute. So, but all of those processes, that hand keying, at least then you have the sale recorded. But 
then we have to take it a step further. We all know that third party takes a big chunk out of every sale. Between 20 and 30% of every sale goes to that third party provider. So that leads to another manual process that they have to take care of, trying to book and record those fees accurately. And then of course there are refunds. So it's really a continual moving target for these teams. And the bottom line is they have to figure out a way to develop a process to pull those reports from every provider and book them or get a system that will integrate those together. And when you think about the fact that they have multiple of these, you know, they have multiple third party providers, all that complexity that's been added just from this one area and it impacts the whole team. It's not just the accounting team. It's also the operations team as well. Well, I think in hearing you talk about that, I, I know there's that old school adage of, well, is my job going to get replaced by technology? But I think instead they should be thinking about, and even, even the owners could be thinking about, how can we redeploy the people who are doing all of these manual tasks to do something that actually adds value to the organization or fixes another issue we have instead of just thinking, oh, well, if I do this tech, I don't need this person. I think it's it's a change and shift that there are so many other areas where you need good people, especially right now, that you, you shouldn't be thinking about replacing jobs with tech. It's okay, tech can do this job, but then let's take this person and have them go over here. And maybe they like that better and they add more value on this area. So I think it's just a different way of thinking about technology and people. Um, but so all of this must impact financial reporting as well. So our restaurant groups, having to change their reporting layout or structure to accommodate this? And if so, you know, what are they doing? Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. This, this really highlights the need for what I'd consider a strong accounting system, meaning one that has a robust financial reporting engine. When you have items like this that are changing and impacting your financials, you need to be able to quickly restructure how you present your financials and be flexible in the way that you display them. Most restaurant groups have various reporting demands from not only internal teams or departments, but also lenders, equity providers, and other stakeholders. Restaurant groups need an accounting system that easily allows them to show financial and operational or statistical information, not just financial statements, in a variety of ways. What store managers may need to see is going to be different from what area directors or regional managers are going to want to see. Store managers, in our experience, generally need to see just their store, summarized as well as in detail, at least to the baseline, which is their store profit after controllable expenses. Area directors or regional managers that are overseeing multiple stores need to see the stores rolled up, but they also need to see them side by side for comparison purposes. And that's one of the best practices that we talk about. And what about the C-suite and the executive team? Their need to see is going to be different. So you could have three to five or more different financial reporting layouts for internal purposes alone, and then add in the reporting requirements from the lender or the equity partner. Unfortunately, in order to accomplish all these various reporting layouts, many groups have to resort to utilizing an excessive amount of time building or updating massive Excel workbooks for the purpose of consolidating stores or splitting them apart or changing layouts or simply to adjust formatting of how the financials look. This is so commonplace that the groups don't realize there are systems can help e that can help ease the pain in this area and make it very easy to report out in a variety of ways. This is a big area that's ripe for change as companies start to explore upgrading their accounting system. Well, Greg, I, if they're able to switch accounting systems, obviously 
this is not a small undertaking. It's big, 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 big change and just a big thing to wrap their heads around. So, you know, I'm sure companies are struggling with just the actual change in implementation. So it's hard to see the ultimate impact. You know, it's always more painful going through the hard time until you see the other side, right? And so I guess switching over to Meg, this has to save time on the back end, right? There's the it, benefit. Yes, it does. And as you said, it's a huge lift. It's and it can be so overwhelming for many groups. But as we all know, some very good things can come out of an overwhelming situation. And just like that, very good things can come out of going through an assistant an accounting system upgrade. Although it can be very painful, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's a great time to go through all of the accounting processes. Not only the ones that are done by the accounting team, but also the ones that the store managers handle every day, you know, like that third party entry that we talked about. There's so much being thrown at the accounting teams every day that they find themselves in a very reactive state, just plugging the leak in a quick way. And when you're forced to go through the accounting system change, it's the opportunity to actually sit down and see all of those leaks that you plugged and start talking about them and making a plan for them for a long-term fix, you know, other than just putting some duct tape on the situation. So normally this can lead to more automated or integrated processes, which will definitely save time down the road. And it gets you to that redeployment of the team that you talked about a few minutes ago. But first, before you get there, you do have to go through a little bit of pain. And after implementation, once the dust settles, time is ultimately freed up. So the accounting team and store managers can move away from manual entry. And honestly, in my opinion, this is where the fun begins. Getting into the detail to find opportunities, allowing the accounting team and operations team to communicate about how to improve store performance. It also brings a higher awareness of the skill sets needed to make a difference in the top and the bottom lines on a near real-time basis. Unfortunately, many groups are still dreaming about using data. They don't have the skill sets, subject matter expertise, or the commitment to analytics that it takes to really be making data-driven decisions. So it helps to use a new accounting system as a great jumping off point to simultaneously make a plan to create a data-driven culture. Culture, big word. So data-driven culture. Um, obviously, very, very broad discussion. Could talk about you know changing culture for a long time, but it's something that does reach across the whole organization. So but staying focused on what being data-driven means, I guess for accounting and a, and a finance team, you're both very focused in driving data-driven cultures, just from all the things you've said so far on this on this recording. How do you see the accounting and finance team helping to support that type of mindset and change in culture? Meg? Well, you know, I love to say that when you get the finance and accounting team working in such a way that they become the bridge and they become the bridge between the operations team and the accounting and finance team and get everyone talking the same language. But in order to get there, the first step that they have to do is to create an easy way to simply track the metrics and hopefully track them in an automated fashion. You know, move away from all of that manual tracking and those Excel workbooks that Greg talked about. But more importantly than that, they actually need to use the metrics. There's so much emphasis on dashboards, uh, but many companies struggle with making them actionable. And the thing is, 
the dashboards and the reporting, they don't need to be fancy. They don't need to be elaborate. They just need to provide the right level of information for someone to do something with the data. And the key is to highlight the variances, highlight initial changes and trend them over time. Use metrics and trends together, not just on their own or for one period of time. You really need to blend it all together to see the full story. You know, I had a client a few years ago that loved to focus on just one week at a time, uh, would worry a lot about a one week change or a blip that would come up with one week. But one week doesn't make a trend. So you need to see it with all the other weeks. How is it changing over time? And you need to compare it to prior year, for example. The drop that they're seeing, it could be a normal seasonal pattern with your company. But if you're not looking at it that way, and if you're only focusing on one week, you could miss that. And you could go down a very big rabbit hole really fast, chasing something that doesn't even exist. And ultimately, you would miss the real story that you should be focusing on. And let's not forget how important it is to free up manager time that can be used to drive important metrics rather than being used in mundane administrative tasks such as entering invoices and the like. Uh, simplifying routine accounting tasks in the store and using technology as much as possible to accomplish this, such as OCR technology, not only gives the managers back hours in their day to work with their teams on being more productive or better managing the guest experience, for example, concentrating on speed of service or order accuracy, but it's also one step closer to fast financial reporting and analysis. So apart from what you guys have already talked about, are there other areas that the accounting and finance team can really bring value when we talk about you know, gathering and analyzing data? Like where else can they bring a lot of value? Well, Jeff, you know that we're big supporters of reducing the amount of manual work and the time taken to process the accounting data. And once you do that, the time can reallocate, be reallocated, just like you mentioned. And it really gets back to finding ways to make your data actionable and really start to use it. Uh, we just experienced this with a client. They were actually, we were, we were all reviewing the financial statement and they started questioning why discounts were so high. It just didn't make sense with the level of promotions that they were running at the time. Uh, they were a QSR, uh, QSR group. And the key is they had just gone through the pain and the time to upgrade their accounting system and actually implemented a data warehouse. So because of this, they were able to do a deep dive into their sales at a check level detail. And this review identified that promotional pricing, which had actually expired, had never been turned off in the POS. So items were still being rung in under that reduced price. So that was great pricing for the guests, of course, but it resulted in a significant loss of sales for the group. And the key here is that they actually had time redeployed from some of the integrations and they had access to the data to find the issue. So hopefully it won't happen again. Greg, what do you think? Well, you've identified what I'll call accidental issues within the POS, but fraud is a big area to keep track of as well. And it's really hard to find on the surface. Using your data to develop ways to highlight opportunity for fraud is really the key. The most prevalent areas of fraud 
and the ones that are most likely to either go undetected or to be detected after significant dollars have been lost are all derived from how the POS is actually used on a daily basis. Now, a constant review of data can surface unusual items that need to be explored, such as unusually high usage of gift cards or comps on certain shifts. Those can identify an offending team member that's on duty during those shifts, or maybe even a collaboration with a manager that's on duty during those shifts. Another way would be tracking how many times a check was reprinted. And this can lead to discovering charges that have been added to a bill after the bill is presented to the guests. But really, the number of possible fraud schemes is endless, and focusing on the granular POS data can be a surefire way of catching or preventing it. You know, Greg, that's, that's a really good point. And to add one more thing, Jeff, I think the key here and the, the common thread is that both of these examples contain some big data, and it really highlights the need for having access to the data and, you know, to say it one more time, to actually use it and to make it actionable for the entire team. That's a great insight. So I have one, one last question, because um, we always like to say, what could go wrong, right? So are there any bumps in the road that you guys have encountered, like trends you've seen that the accounting and finance teams should be anticipating and preparing for as they try to become more data-driven? Absolutely. You know, two of the larger issues that groups face as they begin to focus on their data is are, are the data quality and the data overload mindset. There's a lot of information out there for restaurant groups. Uh, if we just talk about the data quality aspect, we know that most of those POS systems, they weren't normally deployed with a data mindset. Rather, they were deployed with that ease of use mindset. Think, think about the things of being able to split a check or move an item from one table to another, the things that make a server's life much easier. But when you think about how other people might want to use the data, actually tracking how the guest is ordering, whether they're ordering online or in-store or the third-party sites that we talked about. You know, being able to easily update the system to handle new, new ways as they come up, it doesn't always exist. And sometimes your menu, when you set it up at the beginning, it's not set up in the way that a group would need to really analyze their menu easily. So a great place to start is to you know, review your database and you might actually have to do an overhaul of your menu or how the, the POS is set up in order to actually start to utilize it. And oftentimes the accounting and finance team can be the ones that are identifying this issue upfront. And on top of that, the constant addition of new technologies, each with its own unique set of calculations and dashboards, all likely very relevant but all contributing to an unbelievable amount of data. These systems may or may not talk with each other. And if they do talk to each other, it may be limited, which of course leads to possible confusion on which numbers are right, which numbers are even relevant. And as we said earlier, what system is the one source of truth? The accounting and finance team really should be on the front line alongside their compatriots in operations and marketing vetting these new systems from an overall perspective and participating in that decision-making process through which technologies become adopted. I think that's a great insight. Everybody needs to, this all works together, right? The restaurant can't be successful if you've got a weak link somewhere. Everybody has to you know, be on top of their game and working together. And like you said, all these systems 
need to be talking to each other so that everybody's on board and using what's out there, what the company has decided to, to implement. So, uh, but Greg, Mike, thank you. I mean, this is this has been very helpful. Um, thank you for taking the time to join us today, sharing stories, insights. To those of you that are listening, you know, we hope this episode really provides some just useful insights on the accounting and finance side of of the data, but also might make you take a step back and just think, how do we get better in this area? Um, and that's not a question you can really answer alone. You know, you need to talk with a lot of people. Um, hence why we have Greg and Meg on here. If you'd like to connect with them, please feel free to reach out. We can get you connected with them just to talk about what do you have going on? What could be better? And just allowing them to help you through that. But we also invite everyone who's listening to please subscribe to the podcast. Love to have you keep listening and drop us a rating as well. But again, thank you everyone for listening in today. for listening to BDO to go past episodes and related insights are available at bdo.com slash BDO to go or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate review share or subscribe to this podcast the views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO for more information on BDO's restaurant industry practice and the resources we provide visit www.bdo.com slash restaurants